Hello and welcome to The Witches You Didn't Burn. My name is Marky. My name is Claire. And thanks for joining us for another boozy dive through history to explore the women that live there. I am drinking some wine tonight. Beer. It's called Honey Brown Beer. I've never heard of it. It, it kind of tastes like a yingling knockoff, but it's very good. It reminds me of the AW can. Yeah, like it's it gets so brown. It looks like a beer your hick uncle would be drinking. But <laughs> are, you, are you my hick uncle tonight? <laughs> we were going to the pool and I sent David in to grab some like beer. Yeah. And this is what he came out with. And I was like, what the? <laughs> it looks more like pop. 100%. I know, but it's so good. Do not put that in the same cooler if you are going to be around children. You're going to mm-hmm. have some. No, it's not. kids. Yeah for sure happy pride month it's the, one of the best months it is our birthdays are in it oh, we're not good. talking about that <laughs> our 23rd birthday mm, always 23rd maybe 24 hmm, who knows last time we talked about stormy delaverry this time we're going to be talking about miss major griffin gracie she sounds interesting she is very interesting and actually the first time I had done research to this time when I had done research learned many new things so there'll be like a surprise at the end of the new information that didn't just happen but is a lot newer so like more recent articles and stuff have came out about her yes sweet and new life events um I love that so major is her first name but miss major is kind of her first name and then Griffin is her mother's maiden name, which she added to Gracie, which is her last name. So Miss Major Gracie. But we're just going to call her Miss Major um, because that's a lot of names. She does have a lot of names. I was thinking like driver's license or cue cards. Yes, but it makes sense. She's very fabulous and you get to earn new names. So you do. Miss Major was born in Chicago in the 1940s. Not 100% sure on her exact date of birth, which seems to be a trend. It does, which is kind of weird because like these are more recent people as well. Yeah. I mean, she's still alive. Yeah. Now, Wikipedia says that it's October 25th, 1940. That is the only place that says her exact date of birth nowhere else and everywhere else says that it's not officially known that no one knows so take take that date with a grain of salt wikipedia just said october 20th sounds like a great day yeah but that kind of seems like no diss on wikipedia um no absolutely not but in a lot of our research if you can't find the date you like if it's not known the date they were born wikipedia has a date for you so yeah may not be 100 percent accurate (laughs) (laughs) she grew up with um her parents and a sister named cookie so miss major was assigned male at birth but growing up she felt more like a female Mm -hmm. and her parents thought it was like just a phase i mean until she i i think her whole life until they died (laughs) like so when she was in her like 60s and 70s they were still like oh it's a phase but that That is some strong denial maybe a phase of life could could be somebody's whole life yeah but that's probably not what they thought Uh (laughs) uh-huh in a in the relativeness of time it is a phase (laughs) of time i guess they weren't probably 100 percent supportive of it but that they still have a relationship with miss major yes and 
you know, kind of a mixed bag, really, as um, always. Very, un- I mean, it was 1940s, so not great. And it wasn't like Miss Major was just gay. She was transgendered, mm-hmm. uh, which was, and still is, somehow seen as far worse for people. Not sure why. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense. Not that either of them are bad, but certainly not, you know what I mean? I do. But to be fair, disagreeing with any of it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm sure I wouldn't see their point of view on this either. That's true. So it seems like her parents had a better grasp on like still loving her. Her Mm -hmm. sister did not. Cookie did it? Cookie did not. Cookie is kind of fucked up. So, okay. My brain has decided that Cookie is Cookie from Ned's Declassified. (laughs) She would love that. But yeah, so her sister was kind of awful. And her mom did have a relationship with her mm-hmm. um, when they were kind of not when she was younger. But as she got older, her mom wanted like all of Miss Major's like photos and stuff. They were always she always wanted them to put in like a book, you know, Oh yeah, like a photo book. And so her sister said that she was going to do that for her and instead burned all of them. You're shitting me. No. So Miss Major doesn't have a single photo from like what where she's a baby. Her, her childhood, <gasps> her teenage years, she took all of them and oh. set them on fire and then gave her mom the ashes. Oh my god, cookies fucked up. Cookies fucked up, dude. That's what I <laughs> I told you. Not just like she was just mean or anything. She was like no. cruel to just her parents. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh god. Up. So that's that part of her life they don't really come into the story a bunch because there's not a ton on them I mean that part like her burning the pictures is pretty famous but they're they weren't like integral to her life as for us I'm sure they mm-hmm. are for her, were for her but not for us as people so she started exploring kind of gender identity when she was younger so like when her mom was at home she would go into her closet and try on her clothes and then as a teenager she met an older drag queen named kitty i believe kitty saw her wearing she went out in her mom's clothes one time kitty saw her in it i think i think this is what happened and uh was like oh no (laughs) you're doing that wrong (laughs) and so kitty taught her how to like dress and put on makeup and hold herself and you know become um, a little more feminine yeah and then that was the moment that miss major realized that she was a transgender woman so at that time miss major used the term transsexual to describe herself um, because transgender is more of like a modern term yeah um that miss major and like other trans americans would not have used yet which is common there are a lot of terms that change over time well just whatever fits that person in that at that mm-hmm. time and as we learn more about it it's really good yeah and it was very much like hidden her wearing women's clothing and exploring that part of herself um so how did so, so when uh what year was it whenever kitty um found miss major so when she was a teenager so i think she was like four somewhere between 12 and 14 Oh, so kind of like a younger teenager then. Yeah, because she hadn't graduated high school yet. Okay. So she slowly became more comfortable with like sharing who she was and how she felt with her family. But 
you know, at the time being transgendered was not commonly accepted. And it was really like hard for her family to understand that. But in public, she's still dressed in men's clothing. So then Miss Major graduated high school when she was 16 and enrolled in college. She graduated early. Damn. Yeah. Smart cookie. <laughs> <laughs> but not an asshole. Yeah. yeah. So publicly, she was uh, presented as a male entirely, mm-hmm. uh, lived in a male's dorm. And then one day she went to class. And when she came back, all of her stuff was open. And her roommate, like, held up a dress and was like, What is this? And she was like, It's a dress. And so then that student, like, outed her to every single male student on the floor. Oh my God. But this is, of course, how men's brains would work at the time. One of when, so they were all kind of gathered talking about it. And one of the, guys who lived on the dorm floor were like can you cook (laughs) what the fuck and so she then cooked all the meals for the floor for like a week until one day she came back from class and all of her belongings were uh packed up and they expelled her the school expelled her the school expelled her for wearing dresses yeah actually she had been kicked that was the first one and then she got kicked out of another college for wearing dresses as well so didn't work out great no but but and basically being gay was illegal then yeah being gay was illegal I mean well not basically it was illegal yeah it was illegal and then also um wearing like New York and I bet like other Mm -hmm. cities had very similar laws of like you had to wear three items of clothing that matched your gender yeah which I don't doesn't make any sense so after being expelled from that second college, Miss Major moved to New York in mm-hmm. 1962, where she made money as a sex worker, which at the time was pretty much one of the only avenues for transgendered people. To make an income, yeah. Yeah, and it still is a huge, huge uh, place that transgender people are kind of pushed towards. Uh, but then especially because you couldn't, it was one of the only places that you could actually like dress how you felt. And that sounds bad considering you're in such a bad like environment, but that's a big thing to be able to be who you are. You can, you tend to deal with a lot of other things. Uh, I can definitely see that. I'm not, as always, I always wish that prostitution and sex works was not as um, demified yeah. as it is. So, but I'm glad that like she did find some avenue that felt right for her yeah and obviously like a lot of unpleasant things happen she's quoted as saying she considered it a very profitable and pleasurable line of work but I don't really know where that quote comes from like she did say other places that it was she made good money doing it but yeah so in New York City then she got involved in drag shows Mm-hmm. And started performing as a showgirl. Ooh. And then from that, she found support in the local LGBTQ plus um, community. Where she could actually find some, like, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't in, like, the broader society and stuff. She had her little community. Finding that little slice of support can just, it can do wonders. Yeah. And, like, drag queens still didn't 
and transgender people still weren't really out in public because it they were attacked a lot and the police obviously were very aggressive towards them as well so on june 27th 1969 obviously there was the stonewall revolution at the stonewall inn which was a gay bar in greenwich village neighborhood in new york city women there and so she got arrested the first i think it was the first day at stonewall when she got arrested yeah she got beat over the head by a cop and then when she got taken to jail another cop broke her jaw fuck yeah this was rough but she was super involved in like kind of helping organize transgender and queer women of color Mm -hmm. in the stonewall demonstrations and revolution and is considered one of like the founding pillars of the stonewall incident so then moving past that um, in 1970, Miss Major was arrested for robbing one of her customers while working as a sex worker. She was convicted and sent to Sing Sing Prison, mm-hmm. and then after several months was released on parole. But when she wore very light makeup to her meeting with her parole officer, they sent her back to prison for Ugh. breaking her parole. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then that time she was sent to the Dane Mora prison wearing light makeup it just I, I that is asinine yeah but I mean at that point like holding hands kissing dancing with looking gay or doing any of those things with the same sex was yeah. illegal but the correction officers at the Dane Mora prison were horrific um they very much tried to like break her um so first when she got there she lived in the mental hospital of the prison Mm -hmm. because obviously they felt there was something wrong with her which there wasn't (laughs) and the officers shaved her hair (gasps) and her eyebrows oh and even made her walk naked through the prison oh my god an all-male prison oh my god yeah what the fuck yeah mm-hmm. uh, and like that wasn't illegal like no I, well i no one cared no yeah i mean that's probably it it's just it probably wasn't you know it's it was probably technically illegal but nobody actually they considered did them shit. less than human so why yeah. would they care if they did something yeah to them? oh my god yes that is so, horrific at that prison she met some of the leaders of the 1971 Attica prison uprising, mm-hmm. which I don't know how much you know about that, but it's a super interesting. It's basically these prison riots. I don't remember how long it lasted, but it's a really famous one. And um, they were petitioning for fair rights for prisoners and, you know, access to health care and, you know, decent human things. Anyway, so she basic met human rights. Yeah, basic human rights. So she met some of the leaders from that who had been moved to that prison when they broke up the riot. They had like a really big influence on her, her like political views regarding the criminal justice system. And actually between that and how she was treated in prison became a huge catalyst in her work 
as um, prison reform. Oh, really? We'll we'll get into that in a little bit. That was kind of what caused her one of her main passions in life, which she still does to this day. Yeah, because that's that's I still I've heard things of like you know the inequality that still happens for in the atrocities that happen in our current prison system today. Yeah, especially like she works a lot with women of color and especially like transgender Mm -hmm. people, male and female, that's why I'm saying it that way. But so after her release from the Denimore prison, she returned to New York City and she met Deborah Brown, who also was a drag performer. They had a relationship together, which was Miss Major's first relationship with a cisgendered woman. And they ended up having a son named Christopher in 1978. And then they moved to California. That's very nice. I just, you know, it just makes me happy that some, that it makes me happy that, you know, whenever somebody finds their person and is able to create a life. They found, yeah, they did like each other a lot. Uh, oh no. Their relationship ended. Ah, fuck. <laughs> so I was like, nope, nope, nope. I mean, great, co- get... great co parents. Uh, they have a beautiful relationship as co parents. I'm glad. Oh, um, God. I shouldn't get my hopes up. They moved to California and Deborah returned to New York. Yeah, that's right. So Miss Major had and her son lived in California. Yes. Yes, they did. So Miss Major, when they got to California, who was now a single parent, wanted to join a support group for fathers, but was not allowed to join because of her gender identity. Mm -hmm. And she loved being a parent and doted upon him incredibly. In California, Miss Major lived with her partner, Joe Bob Michael, in 1988. Uh, they settled in San Diego, and Miss Major continued to work as a drag performer and worked a lot with helping other women in drag, kind of creating like a safe environment for them uh, within the LGBTQ community and earned the nickname Mama Major. Oh my God, I love that. She also helped them like access like places to live because homelessness was a big problem, education, other resources like that. Um. And then in the 1980s, the HIV and AIDS academic really like destroyed, not destroyed, but was a really big epidemic within the LGBTQ community. Um, and therefore the community was really stigmatized and the government like didn't help. They like delayed a lot of resources and response and her partner, Joe Bob, ended up getting diagnosed with AIDS and ended up later dying. Mm-hmm. So she really like championed the fight for AIDS. That's one of her biggest things besides the prison reform and transgender people in prison. Um, her One of her biggest things she's ever been known for. So in 1993, she built a memorial garden in San Diego at the VA hospital because he was a veteran Mm -hmm. in his honor. In 1995, she began really working in like HIV prevention and outreach and became an advocate educator with the 
the Tenderloin AIDS Research Center, or TARC. I'm not shitting you. It's called Tenderloin. <laughs> Tenderloin? I'm not saying it wrong. Did you Google it? I'm going to Google it. Hold on. That's what it says. All I can think of is like a um, marinated pork tenderloin. Yep. Tenderloin it- AIDS Research Project. All righty then. Okay. I just fully read that for the first time. <laughs> it's like, that can't be. <laughs> uh, um, she was in charge of a uh, transgender drop-in center mm-hmm. as well as a health educator. She also really helped pioneer like now people go out and like they give needles and like safe medical supply you know things like that that really wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. um but she noticed along with a couple other people that people weren't didn't really feel safe all the time coming in to receive the help mm-hmm. so she felt like they needed to go out and give the help oh yeah so and they were like we don't have a budget for that and she was like we do now watch me so she so, did a lot of fundraising and stuff to to try to get that stuff out there. So she definitely pioneered the movement of like meeting people where they are instead of expecting yeah. them to come. Exactly. Because they were like the funders of the health center were not supportive at all. But she had been in the community. She knew where these people were and what they needed. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't just not going to get them, get that for them. Um, so that was in 1995, and then she does that for a long time. There are like big gaps. I can't fill in. Just imagine she's doing everything that she has been doing up until that point. She like finds this new and thing we, yeah. in this new group that needs support, and mm-hmm. she just like fucking adds it on top of her plate and just starts doing new things with them, and that's yeah. cool. Yes, and I'm that's sure amazing. that people are imagining like this sweet little old lady. She is a rough and tumble, brash, hellfire (laughs) of a lady. It's awesome and slightly terrifying. I've seen the picture of her wearing the flower crown and she's just got this big smile on her face. Yeah. I would not want to piss that lady off. Oh God, no. You call her ma'am. Um... Okay, so then in 2004, Miss Major joined the TGI Justice Project, Mm -hmm. and it's the only organization in the United States dedicated to assisting transgender people in prisons. Oh my god! Yes, so that's awesome. Visits prison. (laughs) She visits prisons on a bi-monthly basis to support incarcerated transgender people, and is an advocate for the safety of transgender prisoners who are at high risk of being a victim of physical and sexual violence while incarcerated. She also like, that doesn't really give enough credit to how involved she is with this project. Like she, when they get out, she like helps them find a place to live. And mm-hmm. then is like, you're coming back to work here. So like she comes back and is like, okay, you just like, it's the system of like helping people get in a better situation. Okay, now you're gonna help other people get in this better situation. She answers like hundreds of thousands of letters. She spends all of her time visiting people in prison you know, sending them whatever money she can and getting other people, you know, just giving them whatever she can. Yeah. She's actually giving them the support that she needed whenever she was, I mean, technically she'd even go to prison for like a 
violent crime. Yeah. She went to prison for being herself. Yeah. And but she did get firsthand experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really and she was the head of that for a while. And then I think she's retired now. And she's been all up in that organization. <laughs> it wasn't started by her. I don't remember the guy who actually started it, but she joined the project and then became the executive whatever i'm trying to remember what the name is whatever you're in charge of it her current life partner well i don't her current partner mm-hmm. is a transgender male man named beck who when i watched the documentary they had like dated and whatever they were a huge part of each other's lives but they had kind of separated because Beck is much younger um, than she is. Like, she's 83, I think. Yeah. And he's, like, late 20s, early 30s, maybe. I don't know. Young. Similar to our age, I would think. You know, she wanted him to, like, have a family and live his life. But they like got apartments next to each mm-hmm. other and you know we're still very involved with each other's lives. <laughs> and this is the fun news that I just learned today, because I saw it even though it happened in 2021. Beck gave birth <laughs> to their child. <gasps> they had a kid named Asaya. Asaya. Well, congratulations, Mitch, Miss Major and Beck. Two years late. I saw that and I was like, I thought they broke. <laughs> Clearly, I haven't followed any of those things. Um, let's see. He was born in 2021. Yeah. COVID baby. Yep. <laughs> but she's, you know, received many awards, done activism work kind of all over. Anywhere that she can see. You know, her biggest thing is, like, you have to fight for the rights you want Mm. um, because no one's going to give it to you. So you have to take them. Just the awards I can see right now are the Social Justice Sabbatical Award from the Vanguard Public Foundation, the Bobby Jean Baker Memorial Award from the Asian Pacific Islander Wellness Center. Hell yeah. What our thing was on last whatever but um she's been a lot of pride events she's done a ton of articles she's very much been like oh it's not on here for some reason but I know in the documentary the Stonewall Association or whatever it's called now Memorial Foundation I think so it's not something along um, those lines gave her a lifetime achievement award nice yeah, I mean, and she's 82 and still now a new parent. She also has, I think, four other adopted sons that she just met in a park one day. They were homeless and she like, you know, fed them and, and got them into housing and eventually adopted them. Oh, I love that. I think that might be my favorite part. Yeah. So she just... I mean, her whole life is wonderful, but she really embodied like give people the opportunity support people that needed it and if you can do something about it yeah one how it seems is like that she just adopts everyone like 
if you need help, she's there to help you. Yeah. So, I mean, she's changed a lot of people's lives. I love that. Yeah. So that was Miss Major Griffin Gracie. She's got a hell of a name. I know. Miss Major Griffin Gracie. There you go. We all strive to be a little more like her every day. All right, guys, if you want to connect with us, email us at witchesdidn'tburn at gmail.com. If there's someone you want us to talk about, you can also follow us on Instagram at witchesdidn'tburn. And so next week, we're also going to talk about another woman from Stonewall to that'll be our third of our four slash five part series. Yes. For Pride Month. We love Pride Month. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.